This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson-Weber. And my guests today are uh, John Green, John Colbert, and Reeves Collins, each of whom leads a theater department um, of one of the major educational institutions in Chicago. John Green is the chair of the theater department at Columbia College. John Colbert is the dean of the theater department at DePaul. And Reeves is the chair at the Department of Theater at Northwestern. And I wanted to talk to the three of you about how the theater training programs in Chicago or in the Chicago area, um, feed into the ecology of the theater scene here. Um, and I can imagine that there are many ways they do that. The most obvious is uh, graduating students who then stay and become practicing artists in Chicago. Um, so I'd be interested if, if you have specific examples that you can point to of a particular company, for instance, that grew out of one of your programs, that might be a good place to begin? I think that's pretty easy for all of us. Hi, Anne. It's it's Reeves from Northwestern. And uh, the Looking Glass Theater Company is an ensemble-based company that grew out of an acting cohort at Northwestern. And are there ways that, that Looking Glass, to you, reflects anything specific about the Northwestern approach to training theater artists? Well, sure. Uh one of the pieces of that puzzle is that that there's we train by cohort, so that's a group of students who were together for three years. Mm-hmm. But in addition, Looking Glass, they are storytellers, and there is an aesthetic at Northwestern that involves adapting literature. This I'm thinking about Frank Galati and Mary Zimmerman, but before that, Robert Breen and and others. Uh, but also a, a brilliant acting teacher like David Downs would help them find a love of of ensemble of performing together and so a love of text uh that is that's vintage northwestern a love of storytelling a love of physical theater that that company discovered on their own and uh-huh, right. uh and a sense of ensemble and cohort that led them to create that company. Yeah. Um so John Green is there um a company that you would point to as being Columbia I don't think a company. I think um, a wide cohort of individuals who right. are working in many, many theatres. Um, I recently had the pleasure of seeing um, Streetcar Named Desire, directed by David Cromer, who was in our directing program, lit by one of our current faculty, Heather Gilbert, who's a chair of our lighting design. And what I admired about that production, and what I think is part of the essence of the traditional strength of, of Columbia, Columbia's theatre program, is really investigating a classical text and, and really drawing out very interesting details and details that make the production, ultimately make the production very original. The look of the yeah. production, the attention paid to the ensemble nature of the narrative, mm-hmm. that every single character was finely honed and finely chiseled by by David in in, in the in the decisions that that he made, and, yeah. I, and I think that we have built the reputa- uh, reputation on the idea of the ensemble and how the ensemble creates a piece, whether it be a classical piece or or, or, or a contemporary piece. Mm-hmm. And John Colbert at DePaul. Yes, I, there is. Um 
I think I think of two examples immediately, and one would be Timeline Theater mm-hmm. Company, which um, is an interesting company to me, and I think reflects the theater school in a couple ways. And one of them is that from the beginning, they uh, the theater school offers uh, many different disciplines. We have many majors, not just acting, directing, design, but also uh, you know playwriting, theater management, dramaturgy. So we have uh, uh, virtually all the disciplines of theater. And um, Timeline was founded by a group of people who had a variety of, of backgrounds and interests. So, for example, from the beginning, they had an, uh, there were people involved in the original company who were as passionate about how do you make a theater company work, the sort of business aspect mm-hmm. of a theater company, as it were about doing a show. Mm-hmm. And so often companies start with a group of people who are extremely passionate about doing the show, mm-hmm. and they have to figure out um, how to make themselves exist, yeah. uh, and nobody is really, they have to do it, but they aren't necessarily passionate, equally passionate about all the aspects. And and it was a, sort of interesting to watch Timeline because they, from the beginning, have been very, um, you know, excited about all the aspects because they had people with a variety of interests that formed the original um, company. Yeah, that's, a, that's interesting. And, uh, and they also... Then had a you know had a very specific focus on the work that they do, which I think has served them well as mm-hmm. well. So they thought about sort of strategy and and um, I don't know they, they they wouldn't use this word I don't imagine, but branding mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that has indeed served them well. They might had, use that word. I love may, the program actually. that. Um, the DePaul collaboration with Chicago Shakes and the entrepreneurial nature of that program I think is really exciting. Why don't you explain that a little bit, John? Yeah, our arts leadership program is uh, an MFA program where the, um, in arts leadership, obviously, and where the students involved in the program are both taking classes at DePaul and also they are full-time staff members of Chicago Shakespeare Theater Mm -hmm. and paid a salary to be so. Mm -hmm. So then the real excitement comes, I think, in the synthesis of those two elements. I'm learning about different ways you could approach this here and I'm experiencing yet another way that it's happening in the real world today, right now, right. where I am part of it on, the, on this part of my experience. Yeah. So, um, you know, that dialogue is really interesting. And I think you said you had another example besides Timeline? I did, and that was just, um, it was such a pleasure uh, earlier this year to see the brother-sisters plays at Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. um, which Terrell McCraney, who was an acting student at DePaul and it's an alum, went on to the um, graduate playwriting program at Yale. He also wrote while he was at the theater school and took playwriting courses, but his major was an actor. Mm-hmm. And um, to see, and then there were a number, uh, five or six alums who were in the cast of the show as well. So to see, of different generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them knew each other well, others knew of each other, but never had worked together and were, you know, a number of years apart in school. So so it was fascinating to see them work together and to um, hear about their experience working together and the immediate sort of shared, uh, as with anybody that goes through a particular way of training, mm-hmm. they have a shared vocabulary that means they can um, sort of work Late, together yeah. faster yeah. and get places faster than if you didn't have the shared vocabulary. Yeah. So it was exciting to see that, um, all that come together. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. so it was a wonderful um, experience theatrically as well. So, yeah. Well, I wonder if, I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but it'd be interesting to see if you took all the plays produced in Chicago in a particular year and counted up how many of them are, you know, how many of the actors and the artists in general involved came from Chicago programs, your three, and there are obviously others here as well. I suspect it's a very big 
component that a huge number of our artists come to be trained and stay to practice, so to speak. And I, and I think added to you're absolutely right in that, and, and added to that are our combined faculties and staff, right, who are also part of that wonderful mechanism. I think what attracts students to certainly to the program at Columbia is the fact that with a hundred faculty and staff, all of them are involved in some way, significant way, in in the two hundred production companies that are that are at any given time working in Chicago. Right. I think that's that's phenomenal. So is that a, a kind of philosophy at Columbia that everybody who teaches is a is a working artist? There, there is a there is a yes throughout the not just in the department of theatre but throughout the college there is an expectation that faculty are working artists mm-hmm. and, and I think that I have experienced that more here as a primary function than than I have in anywhere else in my in my teaching experience and that's really a plus for us. The students know coming in that they're going to be working with people who can directly connect them right. to, particularly in terms of internships to to um, different theatres. Yeah. Uh, and, for example, uh, our comedy studies program is entirely taught by, second cities, by the Second City uh, company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are working with people who that night are going to go on stage and perform, right. which is fantastic but i think that's true of all three of us that that we there is this dynamic connection with with a profession that goes on all the time yeah a great theater town is going to have to be a great university town it's going to have to have vibrant theater programs at its universities and i'm I love that we're all here together. Thank you for bringing us together. Uh, <laughs> My pleasure. To do this. <laughs> Truly. You know, I was looping back for a second. You were thinking about um, ensembles. Mm. One of the other pieces that seems to be coming from Northwestern, and I'm not sure I know why, uh, is artistic leadership. That mm. artistic directors um, at, at Steppenwolf, at Chicago Shakes, at Victory Gardens, at Looking Glass, uh, at others are graduates of Northwestern. So somehow coming out of that program, there's a there's a leadership gene mm-hmm. that they inherit somewhere along the way. That's very interesting. Do you have any theories about what it might be in the way you teach or what or what Not draws that I can be very articulate North- about mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. I recognize the phenomenon mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I know why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, John Green, you mentioned the the working artists who are faculty and that mm-hmm. seems to me looking again at this broad question of the ecology of Chicago theater, important in two ways. And one is the one you mentioned, that young artists come to be trained and then are instantly connected to this uh, this world of Chicago theater. But the other is that you're, I think, uh, providing an important subsidy of artists' careers, um, that it's very hard in any theater town to live entirely on what you make as a performing artist um, or a producing artists, um, and to be able to teach and have that kind of um, additional income and safety net and connection to another way of looking at what you do, I would think is quite important. I think one of the interesting conundrums uh, that, w- that we face all the time is how do we teach our students to, or how do we guide them in building a career? How, how are they going to take that initial step? 
Mm. And, and what are the combinations of things that they're going to need to have, the combination of skills, how transferable are those skills mm. to enable them to start to, to, to build that, that career. And I think seeing, having the opportunity for our students to work with their teachers who they also see have a creative artistic life outside of the institution and how they've been able to put that life together and yeah. in many cases also raise a family right. and what are the constituent parts that, that build the whole I think is, is very important and, and, a, and a never ending challenge for us. So it is about networking um, mm. as much as it is about taking classes and, and I think this city following on from what we've said, allows for that, that that we do here have the, a, a perfect situation of uh, the sheer volume of theatre that's produced in this in this city, which enables students from three large institutions mm -hmm. plus others to still find work here, yeah. that, that they don't have to go elsewhere to, to begin to make a career. I, I just wanted to go back to the idea of the sort of a relationship between um, th theater programs like ours and what we're able to offer our students and the fact that we are in a, the city of Chicago with the theater community it has. And I think that it's an interrelationship between the... I, uh, I don't think the theater community be, community would be what it is without the um, uh, uh, artistry that the schools help to support and provide, mm -hmm. both through the... Um, you know, fountain of youth of new talent that the students bring all the time right. and also the skills and expertise of the faculty that choose to live here because they can be involved in an amazing theater community and make a living yeah. teaching. Yeah. They can pursue both their passions. Right. So I don't think there there's no way to separate yeah. those one from the other. And and um, I don't, it seems clear to me that theater community would not be what it is without the institutions, the educational institutions that are part of it. And also... The educational institutions the would not be what right. they are yeah. without the it's, theater community. It's a synergy. I, I couldn't yeah, right. agree more. Um, John Colbert, we're, I mean, we're at the table with a wonderful designer, a brilliant designer, right. whose academic home is a university. Uh, you know, we're thrilled to send Anna Shapiro to direct in the city, even as we're delighted to welcome Sean Graney, will be a guest director for us this year, doing a tartuffe that will be unlike any that's ever been seen. Or Derek Saunders is coming to direct Spinning into Butter for us on campus. So even as we welcome artists to our campus, we're thrilled to have the university faculty who are artists working in the world. Right. And and clearly the quality of your faculties must be driven up by the fact that this is such a great town to be well, in I, as I a think, theater. I think John person. made a very, very good point that which we could elaborate on, which, which is that also we have a very, not, not only is the theater community very rich, but we have a very informed audience. Mm, yes. So that I think when our students come here and they talk about theatre, when they're out in public, in many communities to talk about theatre, you're talking about a minority activity and the majority of the public wanting to change the conversation because <laughs> it's not their activity. In this city, just walking through the loop, you, you don't get away from the fact that you're in a theatre town right. and tourists come here to be part of a theatre town. The local community understands the vitality of the theatre and the importance of the theatre and live performance by extension. Mm -hmm. And so I think that too gives support to our students, many of whom come from out of town, who come from the small mm -hmm. community, who have struggled to get here because 
nothing that they've experienced in, in, in their domestic lives have necessarily reinforced their ambition. And so that all of those support mechanisms are tacit, but then but until they get here they don't really experience that a whole community is care about this. Is yeah. Cares passionately yeah. about yeah. what's happening. Not being the oddball anymore, no. but actually here people yeah. like I, me. And I think that that's that's tremendously invigorating mm. for, for for students. Well let's talk for a minute about the differences among the programs. I mean, all of you, I think, mentioned ensemble, and, and that clearly is one of the things we say in Chicago about our theater. Honestly, I'm always a little bit skeptical about it because really all theater has to be ensemble theater in some way. It does mean something, but I think sometimes we just throw it around a little bit. No, but, I disagree with you, Anne. I, I'm mm. going to interrupt you long enough to say that uh, – for example, when Steppenwolf talks about its ensemble, that is an ensemble-driven theater, and it means something. Yeah. It means something to our students. Uh, it means something to the way that we teach. Uh, I, I think ensemble, it is, I, I don't agree that all theater is ensemble theater. We see a lot of work, uh, perhaps that comes into Chicago that is diva-driven, uh -huh. uh, and that's, that's, Fair I don't enough. think that's what Fair any enough. of us teach. Fair enough. I guess I would be, I think you would, be hard-pressed to find a chair or a dean of a theater department anywhere in the world who wouldn't say <laughs> that they value ensemble. I, I so I guess I want to press beyond that. Yeah. You know, what are things that you think might distinguish because of a, an intellectual tradition in your school, for instance, uh, or an aesthetic tradition that may influence the approach of the artists who come out of your programs? And maybe, John, start with you if you have an answer. Um. You know, I think there, um, because we're talking about many different disciplines in the theater, I don't think that we necessarily have a, there isn't an aesthetic approach that applies across all of those right. disciplines, and I am relieved for that. Mm -hmm. And um, because our goal ultimately is to provide tools to our artists um, that they can then explore on their own, their own at way. different approaches mm -hmm. and different points of view that they can explore on their own and develop their own aesthetic. Yeah. They can't do that without background on what other aesthetics are, what choices others have made, right. and all of that. So it's critical that they get that experience. But I think it is specifically our um, goal to not um, have a particular agenda about um, the way one would do theater, mm -hmm. but rather to expose them to a variety of perspectives and points of view out that about that. And in fact, that's one of the um, um, aspects of being in Chicago as a school that is very possible here because you, if you think of the pool of people you could engage as full-time faculty and part-time adjunct faculty to come in and teach, uh, I'm going to say lighting design because that's the field that I taught, mm -hmm. um, our students will come into contact with four or five lighting design uh, teaching them mm -hmm. in their career and at, at some other institution that doesn't have the privilege of having access to four or five other lines, right. they might come in contact with one. And that one may be wonderful and you would learn a huge amount, but you, learn but his you or her wouldn't way. get the range of yeah. perspectives about how you might approach something. That's very interesting. Now, on one hand, getting that range of perspectives can be confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, and because uh, How is it you, done? Tell yeah, me how so to do it. Right. There is no answer that it's clear <laughs> right. that, oh, there isn't an answer. Right. And um, uh, on the that's other hand, that's where great mentoring comes in. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. On the mm -hmm. other hand, there's uh, it's obviously enriching. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a balance between 
between them. At the same time, you can't cover everything. So obviously there are indeed choices made about where, what is the range of perspectives and points of view that you're going to um, engage your students mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. John Green, would you have a different answer to that? I would agree 100% with what John's just said. Um, again, we also do not encourage any one particular way of looking at the theater because you can't. Um, you have rightly and talked about the the ecology, and I'd say that we practice biodiversity. Um, <laughs> what's 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 interesting? I think what's very exciting uh, for, for me is that I know in the next three years we are going to be going through all sorts of very interesting developments here. Um, we are increasingly engaged in international work. Uh, we believe it's very, very important that our students have an understanding of the theatre outside of this country, mm-hmm. uh, because theatre by it, it is by its very nature increasingly global in its reach. Um, that means both taking students abroad and by bringing international artists here. Um, we are developing our association with Second City and, and, and broadening that perspective. We are increasingly engaged in the question, and I would say the search for a meaningful dialogue with artists of color. Mm. And and I think very naturally, um, we, as a college, are beginning to collaborate more with other disciplines. There there is a a very focused and intentional drive to collaboration across departments. And I think that's going to open up some very interesting vistas for how fashion, photography, music, dance, the sciences uh, begin to influence what we do. I, I could imagine everything until you got to sciences. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, obviously there are a lot of plays currently being written about mm-hmm science and a big interest in that but is there more than that well i think i think uh looking at what for example complicity in new york has just completed a piece yes i'm talking to a lot of 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 directors and and international companies who are doing pieces involving string theory and chaos theory Mm -hmm. and and actually the really interesting factor which i think has always been with us but has only now just come is coming to the fore is, is the whole relationship between Performance in neurology. Oh, that's and interesting. A lot of yeah. what Stanislavski and our artists in, in, in other disciplines were talking about. That was neurology, right? Neurology. Great. For a second, I heard urology, <laughs> and I thought that neurology. would be a fascinating yeah. approach, well, but <laughs> a different one. Um, but 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 the new, but but the, but the relationship between the brain and yeah. and, and, yeah. and performance, I, I think, is something that is. Of equal fascination to both scientists and artists, and I think uh-huh. a natural confluence of, of, of our of our work. Do you? Well, let's ask Reeves that question, and then I'll go back. What? Um, sure. Well, this is becoming an exercise in yes and. Uh-huh. Uh, but Northwestern is actually very different in that it is a liberal arts university. Right. So there's a very different approach. Yeah. There's a uh, a different approach to admissions and a different approach to uh, we have no audition, for example, at audition time mm-hmm. or at admission time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
is that we, 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 we gather students based on a, a different process. Mm-hmm. And the commitment to liberal arts says that there is an education of the whole person mm-hmm. that is important to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. But at Northwestern, there's a twist. We're a liberal arts university, but our department falls in a school of communication, which means there's an unusual balance of theory and practice. We've got a fantastic dean, mm-hmm. um, Barbara O'Keefe, who knows how to treat artists really well. And within a school of communication, liberal arts is balanced with the need for internships and mm-hmm. practical application and, and an engagement with the world around us. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing I'm interested, if you have any thoughts on, I think there is as vast and rich as the Chicago theater scene is, there are certain things about it that we think of as being Chicago qualities. And, you know, ensemble is one of them. And I do think it's something real. I just, you know, have sometimes gotten a little jaded about how how we bandy that around. Um, I suppose, you know, a very actor-centered theater is perhaps... Uh, typical of Chicago, but Reeves is not going to Yeah, agree. not if you're at Victory Gardens, which is a playwright, a playwright center. center. That's true, and know. we have dram- the Chicago Dramatists. I mean, there's going to be an exception to everything. There's a few that, designers around, too. So. Well, right. I mean, that, that's, and, and maybe it's not even a worthwhile exercise to try to say what's distinctive about Chicago theater. What my question was going to be is, what's distinctive about Chicago theater, and how do these particular programs in reinforce it or create it but maybe we can't even get to the predicate so it's not a good question i think there is something distinctive about the chicago theater community for Mm -hmm. sure from my experience and perspective and that is that the um is that the focus really remains on the work itself and the so whether the show is at uh writer's theater or timeline theater or one of the very small um Storefront theaters, mm-hmm. like where did our town start? Hypocrites. Soon off, yeah. off Broadway, hypocrites. Right. Tiny. Right. Um, uh, or it's at the Goodman or Chicago Shakespeare Theater or one of the larger, or it's at one of the larger, you know, theaters with budgets with more zeros. Mm-hmm. The, if it's a good show, it is valued and respected by the entire community with the same weight. Uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the sort of visibility or, or number of zeros in the budget of the Prestige. theater that produced mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. and so the, and they, you have artists that work, uh, in my experience at all levels of that. So yeah. one day you have a, uh, theater community member working at Chicago Shakespeare Theater and the next day they're at one of the small theaters and they don't view that as, as a um, going backwards in, or slumming it uh, somehow. That's exactly right. 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 On the pay scale may be a little different, and mm-hmm. that may be true. But mm-hmm. in terms of the artistry, it mm-hmm. is valued and respected at all those levels, and including by the press and by um, the, the citizens point. of Chicago yeah, so and, think, and the mayor. And, and the mayor, and the, mayor mm-hmm. and the and his honor himself, mm-hmm. uh, recently celebrating a milestone of the theater district in the Loop, right. was also uh, celebrating the courage of the storefront theaters in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in my experience, I think that 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 does indeed affect the work, and yeah. that is not the experience of many peers that I talk to who operate in many other right. theater communities. And as I travel around and do shows elsewhere, I I see that in action. So I think we are really privileged. That ensemble uh, idea applies to the uh, whether or not it applies to a brand of theater or a way of approaching theater. It certainly applies to the community in a way that I think is unusual in theater. I think that is such a great point, and actually, for me, distills what Chicago theater is more than anything I've ever 
articulated for myself that, that the, we don't have this idea of the storefront is where you do your apprenticeship and you work up into the mm. important theaters, right. but rather that the storefront all the way up to the Goodmans and Steppenwolves is a range of opportunities depending on the kind of project you want to do, the kind of work you want to be doing at that moment. And someone like David Cromer, who is on Broadway, off Broadway, at Writers, and at Mary Archie doing right. this oddball play, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, very with interesting play. With a huge play. cast. With a huge cast, something very different yeah. uh, that he couldn't obviously do uh, on Broadway for right. sure. I think, I think John is absolutely yeah. right in the focus of attention on the work. And there is a very, very committed audience. Mm-hmm. I go to show after show, large auditoriums, small auditoriums, which are 95% full, and sit with people who are almost, as if we're at a continual festival, checking off what they're going to see next. <laughs> right. <laughs> and has that kind of almost right. festival atmosphere. Right. Well, next week we're going to see, and not just one day next week, but two or three nights next week, five yeah. nights next week, we're going to be seeing these this work. Mm. And so I'm aware of an audience that is moving and seeing sometimes the same actors, but in very different theatres. So yeah. the two complement each other. Actors are moving from theatre to theatre. The audience is moving with them. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing I'm interested, if you have any thoughts on, I, I, I look at the American Theatre Magazine and every second page is a huge glossy ad for an acting program or a theater program somewhere in the country. And I look at those ads and I think of all the young artists who are trying to get into those programs and how few of them are actually going to have a life in the theater. I mean, I couldn't guess what percentage maybe you even know, but it's a very small percentage of people certainly who are going to make a living as a theater artist and even not a very big number who will have a life in the theater. So how do you feel about that? I have a sort of a, um, a definite response to that because as I talk with um, our alums in every discipline, actors, directors, designers, writers, who have uh, you know gone through a highly specialized program at a certain point in their life at the theater school, and now they are doing something else. Mm-hmm. So they are uh, in business. They are bankers. They are um, whatever they might be doing. All kinds of fascinating and wonderful things that make me jealous. <laughs> and they um, and I ask them the the question about their um, their um, theater experience and, and their experience at the school. But really, I'm asking in a broader sense. They were a theater person, and they were clearly dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing something else. And how do they view that transition was their theater experience sort of a detour on the road to what they're doing now mm-hmm. or and in very, I have never had anybody tell me anything other than how their theater experience enabled them to do what they're doing now and that it was um, that they wouldn't be as good at what they're doing now without that experience and they in fact identify often very specific traits mm-hmm. um, the ensemble sense the ability to collaborate and work with others the ability to understand human behavior, yeah. emotional uh, intelligence, yeah. empathy, mm-hmm. uh, the creative spark that allows them to think outside of the box. It's Absolutely, self-discipline that theater requires. I mean, they, they, yeah. uh, nobody has ever told me what a waste know, of time. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. So I believe we are actually preparing people rather well for the world through I, I the agree. theater training, especially for the world of the 21st century. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we. I think I absolutely agree. Uh, we are fundamentally rock bottom. We are 
educating people to lead really creative lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my experience has been just building on to what John and Reeves have said, is that when, when I've spoken to alumni about the paths that they've taken, particularly those who've gone away from theatre, um, it's been a happy discovery on their part, but, but they, they were already, as they were going through the program, beginning to think, yeah, okay, I, I, I came in wanting to be an actor and I'm in a room full of people, most of whom are much better actors than I am. That was my experience when mm-hmm. I was at college. I was going to be God's gift to the English acting stage, the acting profession, and, and found that ultimately maybe not. I, was, I was much, <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was actually, maybe not, but also much more interested in being a director, but I had to uh. discover that. Yeah. But I talked to uh, um, alums who have become successful lawyers, and and already that process was beginning to happen. Sure. Even though, even as they were enjoying the theatre program, but the great thing was they didn't suddenly stop and say, "Oh, now I've got to change and go to law school, or now I need to take more law classes." They actively and conscientiously and consciously pursued that that mm-hmm. theatre program, even even though they knew that that their talents are going elsewhere because they could see them. yeah and because yeah. because as we've said we are we are providing mm-hmm. them with the with the active imagination with the skills of collaboration with the, with with time management skills mm-hmm. uh, but with a laboratory skills. for life with, yeah and and and, <laughs> and 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 the skills of adaptability mm-hmm. and uh, they're actually skills that in many of those other disciplines mm-hmm. uh are not addressed or no. taught Mm-hmm. And uh, this, the, the other disciplines might, you would learn that discipline, you won't necessarily learn how to work with other people to the extent that you do in theater. Yeah. Certainly the very important skill of just person-to-person communication, mm-hmm. to be able to stand up in a room, to sit down at an interview, and deliver a point of view, and to do so effectively. And we're all teaching them that. And that's such a fundamental skill. Yeah. Even as I, I agree with everything John's saying, we all have students in our programs who've known since they were four years old playing dress up that a life in the theater is all they've ever wanted. And we're in the empowerment business. We, I love the kids who discover, uh, I'm a director. I, I'm really a producer. I'm really a stage manager at heart mm-hmm. and finding uh, finding different paths that they love. Mm-hmm. All of us have produced very successful actors mm-hmm. and directors, and all of us have produced people who, it's not about making a living, it's about making a life. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all seen that. And I think, and what's interesting is, is that, is that, the, that, that your, your very question is one that, um, is subtext. We don't, right. we don't particularly, Address. I mean, I, I don't conscientiously, I don't, I don't consciously rather stand up uh, in, in, in front of a, a incoming freshman and say, you know, six of you in this room are going to are going to make it. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't recruit anybody. But I think also they come in. I think our students come in with more and more of an understanding of what the stakes are going to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm always impressed by how many of them do make a living. And they may be, as we said right at the beginning of the conversation, cobbling together a career, which mm-hmm. is part pursuing their art, part working somewhere else, part right. 
doing something else, but they make it work. They and may make it work in ways that we haven't imagined yeah. yet. You know, yeah. that yeah. I love the kids who are writing webisodes now. Yeah. You know, we, right. you know, I love that, you know, yeah. I hadn't heard of webisodes when I started at North Bay. I hadn't heard of the web when I started at Northwestern. <laughs> right. But there are futures for our students that we can't imagine. Right. What we can do is prepare them for the unexpected. Yeah. Um, which brings us back, I think, to, to the notion that you're, you're not trying to grow theater artists, but grow people who can make good lives wherever that may be. And hopefully a lot of them in Chicago, as we talked about. Yeah, at the to, beginning. To, to have creative lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.